These are the stories of two single friends who realize that if there's one thing single people love to do, it's to talk about relationships. My name's Christine. And my name's Ramon. And we're your single friends. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, guys? So, Christine, how's uh, how's it hanging? Hopefully not hanging. Uh, Actually, that's that was, terrible. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, uh, really good, actually. Actually, I have an update on my recovery of... Um, I'm not going to say heartbreak because we're not fucking doing that. But the recovery. We're going to call it a recovery. Relationship recovery. How about that? That's a new word. Relationship recovery. I'm I'm healed. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. Jesus took over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no. Seriously, though, you know what I was thinking? It was like a couple of weeks ago. Because um, you know how like when you... Well, I'm sh- I know it's been a while since your last relationship where you broke up or whatever, but I'm sure you remember like the phases of when like you have those moments where you really, really miss them and you think of all the good things and you want them back. And then in your head, you kind of think, well, if they were to do these things or if they were to say these things, we could make it work, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, uh, naturally, as everyone does, you go through that, right? Like if if he were to reach out and he were to say this and that and whatever. And it finally hit me one day and I was like, all right, well, if he were to reach out and he did say all those things, I actually wouldn't believe him. (laughs) So like, so if he were to reach out and he were to say those things, it wouldn't solve anything because I literally would not trust a word he would say. Um, And then it occurred to me too. I was like, you know, the reason why I want him to reach out is because I want to be validated in the things that I questioned that happened. But if I don't believe what he would tell me, if he were to validate me, then I'm actually not going to get validated. So I really don't want him. Like, look at that. Look at that shit that I just went through. And then at that point, I was like, all right, I'm better now. (laughs) But no, for real, it was it was one of those things where I was like, okay, the validation I'm seeking is not with him. It's within myself, you know, because everything that I want from him, I'm never going to get from him because I don't trust him. I don't believe him. I don't know who he is type of thing. Like I kind of go through that whole scenario. I'm like that relationship would never be what it, what I thought it was and what it once was before it wasn't anymore. You know what that is? What is that? Growth. It's growth. I did a little And healing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're good now. And you didn't pick the scab. So that's always a plus. Yeah. I definitely, definitely. I definitely grew in that scenario. And you know how like sometimes people are like, oh, I'm so thankful for that lesson or that person being in my life. And I'm like, actually, I'm really thankful it didn't work out when he left my life. (laughs) Like, like I'm like, I look back and I'm like, oh, God, I still have a little PTSD from some of the things he said to me. Like, I realize that in my interactions with men now. Um, But I'm like, God damn, if he would have lasted longer, he would have fucked me up. That's what I, th- I mean, like I would mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I w- he would have fucked me up. He, I would have been a different person. So yeah, we're good now. Not really on a dating uh, scene, but we're good now. I mean, that's, that's good. It's one of those, like, it's an overarching theme. You know, if, uh, if you're not content or happy or loving yourself, then, you know, how can you give yourself to others? Oh yeah. 100%. And I just don't really believe in the whole like to get over someone you have to be under someone like I just never fully understood that 
I think it to an extent you'll always they are your last memory so you might relate or reflect back on certain things you did with them and certain things you said and even though you're not trying to compare them to the new person you might do a little bit of it um but I think for the most part if you can't talk or think about them without feeling emotional and longing or hurt then I don't feel like you should be in another relationship or even consider being in a relationship so if only if only everybody took that advice though yeah i mean i don't is that i mean yeah i think i was about to say it's not right or wrong i'm like no it's fucking right it's fucking right okay (laughs) 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 we're right here but um yeah so i'm good now i don't i still the idea of dating makes me want to vomit but i'm still good (laughs) that that dating pool's a motherfucker it's just um you know it's so not to sound negative or anything but it it can be it can be so draining it is it's like uh here we go again i know the you pessimistic know. single friends <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's what it is you know you know and it's uh it never it never changes it never changes it doesn't matter how and not just you and i but just in general like single people it doesn't matter how much growth and how much patience and how much awareness you have in yourself there's always going to be something that may like ting at your at your like heartstrings or something like that oh yeah 100 whether, whether it's a couple fucking grocery shopping together or even a couple arguing you know the other day i saw a couple arguing outside i was like hey we kind of nice to argue so what shut <laughs> up <laughs> shut up oh my god um it's the latino in me if it's if it's too good to be true, we got to do I, something to fuck it up. I don't think that's the Latina in you. I think that's the toxic in you. <laughs> like that's that's like that's like what, and and I and listen, I have my toxic in me too. I think I'm just the complete opposite. I'm not a fighter. I've probably been more of an avoider in the past and like suppressed. So so it, that's my toxic, right? So I don't like. I'm not drawn to fighting. So I just think like you're fighting, which is a lot of people's thing, right? Like they like thrive, not thrive. They like they're attracted to those relationships. It's probably from your upbringing, you know, like mine. I think I'm not attracted. That's to that, that foreshadowing right there. <laughs> I'm not attracted to that because of I don't know. I, I did the opposite, you know, so that's your toxic. That's not your Latino. That's your toxic. That's that's my psychological analysis right there <laughs> yeah she has there she did a solid semester of psych 101 so she helps me with all my issues i did i did i did a re- i could probably got an a in that class too <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna ask what's going on with you your dating life care to share uh, oh my dating life is it's always interesting it goes to uh how should I say this? What's the best way to describe it? Uh, peaks and valleys. Uh, <laughs> I love his peaks and valleys. They're so stupid. I can't yeah, handle so it. I, I, th- I think I think that's how I could describe my my dating life. You know, there's there's sometimes where you know, you know, I do want uh, you know the a partner. I do want you know someone that I can share experiences with. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, I have a lot of people I can share experiences with on a platonic level, you know, of, of both sexes and stuff like that. But that's sometimes you don't want just a friend. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not always just, and then people automatically assume, oh, it's because, you know, you want to get laid. It's not, not necessarily that as well either. It's just more, you just want a different experience. Like you can, when you have a romantic partner, I feel like there's just, just, just a little bit of a uh, little bit more seasoning I guess compared <laughs> to like when you have an experience with a friend, yeah. uh, but flipping it, that's also sometimes that's a good valid argument when you want an experience with a friend, because within a ro- romantic partner, there is a little bit of more weird, like different stuff on it. And sometimes like, yeah, I'm just trying to have this with a friend. But anyways, so my point is, is, you know, those are my peak days where, you know, I do want that. And then I have Valley days where it's just, you know, I just don't, I don't want to deal with anything. I just want to, just and it's not that I'm depressed or sad or anything. I'm like, you know what? Like, there's so much just drama and bullshit, and I see the the couples arguing. I'm like, ah. Okay, but are your valley days coming from like, let's say, let's just say hypothetically, like the person you're you're interested in, right? Like you had a great interaction the day before, and whatever you're like on a on a peak. Then the next day, maybe they're just your not interaction is not as exciting for whatever reason. Maybe they're busy or it's just the conversation's not flowing, whatever. Is that when your valley hits or do you just wake up in a valley? A little bit of both. Um, and, and, and another thing, too, is, you know, my depending on what I'm doing that day, my feelings can 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 fluctuate as well. You know, if I if I go out to a bar and I see everybody's just kind of you know, single and thriving and stuff like that. Times like that, I'm like, yeah, I was like, I don't need anybody. Like, there's plenty of people out there. But then, like, I don't know, there'll be another time if I'm at, you know, I don't know. I, For example, I, I, I recently took my son to the Children's Museum. And it was dope, like, seeing, like, parents with their with their, with their their kids and stuff. And times like that, I'm like, okay, like, you know, it's, it's it, I don't want to say it's lonely or sad, but it was just like, it's just like me and him, you know? Yeah. And it would be nice to have like someone for just not just him, but for me as well. So th- I think that's and that was all in one day, you know, like that day was like uh, a valley day because I started at the Children's Museum. And then later that night I went out and I was like, fuck it. I don't need anything. <laughs> OK, so, you know, being me being a psychologist now, um, I don't really think that like you go through these waves just because it's your personality. I feel like you're triggered into your valley. Like something happens and it could be so small that you're just like, oh, fuck it. I don't want to deal with this because I've I've experienced that where you're just like the smallest thing. You're like, this is too much shit. I don't even care. I'll be single for the rest of my life. And then you're like, fuck it. Yeah. I could be single at a bar. Like, I think something happens that triggers you into that mindset where you're just like, eh, I don't really care. Like you you're nonchalant, but I just feel like that's your way of protecting yourself because of whatever it is you're afraid of feeling. Oh, oh, I, I bet you're you're probably a lot closer to the mark than I would care to admit, especially on air. <laughs> but um, you're but I think uh, I think a part of that is, you know, nobody wants to, you know, show um, I'm going to butcher this like I did last season. Vulner- vulnerability. <laughs> um, vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah. You got it. You got it. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to like nobody wants to show that, you know, it's like I don't want to, you know, show you my ass or something like that it's 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 just like um there there's an analogy to that i can't remember what it is i'm something sure you'll about make one ass. up yeah i don't know i feel like it's an old school analogy like whistling dixie um but uh but yeah i mean i think nobody wants to see that i mean all right like i even have that tattooed on me i have a, a quote tattooed on me it's actually from james bond 
uh, but it's never let them see you bleed. And that's always, and then in fact, I mean, now I'm going super cheesy and super old school. My senior quote for high school was never let them see you bleed and always have an escape plan. And God, you like set yourself up. Yeah. And I think, and it's, it's, it's gotten better over the years, but that was my thing is like, I always had like a way out just because maybe I was, or maybe I am afraid to like invest all in because like I said, like the, the day that shit sucks. And that shit sucks. And again, it also ties into foreshadowing. I think a lot of it ties into my my upbringing, and in regards to like, you always got to have a way out because at the end of the day, you you come into this world just the way you leave by yourself. And I know that sounds super pessimistic. But like, what if you stopped worrying about having a way out and just understanding that if this doesn't work or work out, you'll be fine and you can take care of yourself. Oh, well, I think that's the other end where I'm constantly contradicting myself because I am super aware of that as well. It's one of those, like, oh, for example, if you go out, if I go out to a bar and I try and spit some game to a girl, you know, as long as I'm, you know, mature and respectful about it and not derogatory, the worst thing she's going to say is no thank you or no. And then you just move on. I feel like you have this weird fear of or a weird association to relationships and being trapped because it's like you have a way out if you know you can take care of yourself, right? Like I'm at a place where I know I can take care of myself financially. I know I can get on my feet. I know I can leave. I know I, you know what I mean? So if I were to get into a relationship, let's just say I got in a relationship with a loaded man. He had a lot of money. He lives a lifestyle I can't afford, but I know what it's like to take care of myself on like my middle American salary. So I'm not stuck. Like there, there's no trap. Like I don't need a way out. I know I could take care of myself if it doesn't work. You're laughing because I'm right. <laughs> not, not only that, I'm just I'm, I'm both on the record and off the record. I'm so ready for this episode because like the more <laughs> I'm talking about it, like the wheels are turning. All right, let's let's get into it. Then. Let's get into it. Ramon, what's this episode about? So this episode, in case you guys haven't uh, noticed, is we've mentioned the term upbringing multiple times. Is how have our parents affected our love life? And that could be, you know, for for better, for worse, you know, for habits that we picked up, for habits that we didn't pick up. You know, how is that something that has shaped us as adults? And how are, you know, we as adults trying to either uphold what we were taught or trying to change what we were taught or trying to, or not even taught what we were shown. Like, how, like, how did they fuck us up for better or worse in a good and bad way, yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah, and, and some of the, like, kind of just you hinted on, some of this not, like, verbally taught. It's just what you've seen, and you just you just associated that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, so I'll just, I'll kind of, you know, start off. I mean, right off the bat, my dynamic is, first of all, I am legitimately living proof that, that people move on, that people can move on. You know, so my, my father had, he had three children from a first marriage, and then he divorced him, divorced, you know, and left that family and then started a new family and then had three more children. So I'm part of the second family. So this is what I tell people, you know, especially, you know, I, I kind of refer to myself as divorced, um, you know, in my personal like relationship status with my son. And this is why I tell people all the time. I was like, I am legitimately living proof that you can move on. It is OK. But I think right now a lot of my, not necessarily my peers, but people in my general age range within that like 27 to 33 window, you know, that, that five-year window, they think like, holy crap, like 
if it's over with like my baby moms or if it's over with my baby daddy, like it's a wrap. Like, uh, like how am I ever going to start over again or something like that? And again, I'm living proof that, you know, that you can. That being said, though, um, my family dynamic was very, very unique. Um, again, the gender roles were somewhat kind of reversed in my in my family. So, you know, my mother was very, very serious, very, you know, very formal, uh, very conservative, you know, and my father was very, you know, he was he was the dad. Like he was the one that, you know, help us with the homework and tell us told us he loved us and stuff like that. Now, Grant, for the record, my mother is definitely like that now. Um, but, you know, growing up, you know, you know, she again, she was a second wife, you know, and these were her first kids, you know, so she you know, you don't, there's no, there's no rule book for this shit, you know? So my parents ended up divorcing and long story short, my father remarried, I think like seven times after, after my, my parents divorced in 1998. So my whole life I've known multiple stepmoms and stepchildrens and, and, and then as I got older, I would hear the stories that my dad would tell these women. You know, and my dad, like he, he was, he was slick. He would, he was, he would find his ways to, to, you know, to, to get it going. You know, he'd meet these women on the internet and, or he would meet them like in person. And before I knew it, like, you know, they were living together and sharing this life. And then he didn't like something about them. And then he'd be single again. And to me, I was like, damn, my dad. And that, and that's how I was even with, with us as kids. Like, you know, his, I don't want to bash him too much because, you know, you know, obviously, you know, my father, he's not here to defend himself anymore. But um, out of his six kids, I know I'm going super personal. My siblings might not enjoy that I say this on the on the air. But out of the six kids, I probably had the best relationship with him out of all six of his kids. And the reason for that is because I loved him while he was here. But I, I didn't miss him when he was gone because my dad would come and go out of my life. And now that I'm an adult... I realized, like, again, there's no rule book. He was just trying to figure shit out, just like the rest of us. So sometimes he just needed to get away. And, I mean, it's crazy. I don't know it's if he crazy. was trying to figure shit out. I think whatever was in his life, he just learned avoidant behavior and intimacy, which is exactly what you're struggling with because that's why you have this mentality of, like, mathematically, there's always someone else. Like, sure, mathematically, yes, there's someone else. But, like, your dad's... I love, I love how she does my nerd voice. <laughs> but, like... I'll, I'll, the square root of your <laughs> asshole is this, Christine. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, your dad, bless his heart, showed you that, like, you literally can find another woman. He got married seven times, right? That So, like, of course, in your head, that's what... That's why you can nonchalantly be like, oh, yeah, there's always someone else because that's what I saw happen. Um, but like, honestly, someone who can go back, like go into that many in and out of relationships and, you know, have that many wives was probably struggling with being truly intimate with someone. Not because he was trying to figure. I mean, yeah, he was trying to figure it out, but like he didn't he didn't know how to be intimate with someone like that. I mean, how else do you explain unless he had some sort of personality disorder, which is always possible. And I'm not saying that offensively. I'm just saying like, I no, have yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. in my family with personality disorders. So like that could just be like something in their brain that they don't know how to do it. Or it could be like trauma or it could be trauma that created that disorder. You know what I mean? Like so many things, but yeah, like you're like kind of like 
surface leveling this shit and it's like nah Ramon like that's why you're kind of just that's why you have your peaks and valleys because you're just like well fuck it if this doesn't work out I'll find another hoe to go to the club with like <laughs> <laughs> what are these voices and the thumbs up I was like all robotic it's okay. I, was, I was like fuck it we can go to the club <laughs> I don't know I mean, I mean I've, been, I've, been, I've been hitting the weights but I mean I don't know if I'm that stiff yet <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know where I don't, that came from. And you know what's funny is, is uh, and again, you know, it's ever since my father passed away, I've been doing a lot more reflecting onto a lot of his characteristics, a lot mm-hmm. of the good and bad. Like, why why did he do this this way? Why did he do this that way? And it's it's kind of unfortunate now that, that, you know, I can't have the chance to talk to him. And this sure. isn't like a sob story, sad story. But I legitimately, I, like, I would love to just pick his brain just as a man. And and that was the thing. My, my dad... Growing up, he used to always tell me three things. He said, he said, I'll always give you three opinions. I'll give you one as your father, one as your friend, and one as a man. And sometimes all three of those opinions won't be the same. And, and that was the thing I really liked about my dad is that he, he wasn't afraid to tell me to my face, like, this is stupid, this is that. But, again, not as a dad. He wasn't afraid to tell me that as a, as a friend. Like, he would tell me as my dad. Oh, yeah, as your dad, I support you 100%. Now, as a man, you're a fucking moron. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> do it, you know? And um, so I would love to like just pick his brain. Like, why? Why did you do this? Like, why did you do this with with all this? Like, it, I was like, isn't it isn't it hard to start all over all the time? Because he would tell me like, oh, I don't want to be alone. But then he would be with these women, and he would be bored. Yeah. Or he would, and he would be like, uh, never mind. And then he yeah. would end. And he he did some he, he he did some some grimy stuff, you know. Like, again, I won't put him on blast, you know, you know, to disrespect him, but. Uh, you know, they, he definitely he definitely took the phrase, you know, disappearing into thin air, took it seriously, you know? Yeah. Because just one day it's like, you know what? I'm going to just change my number. And just just disappear. So I have another theory as to why you were the closest one to your dad or or was more accepting to him disappearing than your other siblings, because you're one of the younger ones, right? I'm the second youngest of six. Yes. OK. So and the only reason why this just clicked to me is because of conversations I've had with my sister and her being the younger one and how she's opposite of me in so many ways. And the reason why she's opposite of me in so many ways with my parents, especially is because she saw how certain things affected me and how painful it was. So in her head, she's like, well, if that hurt Christine so badly, I'm not going to do that or I'm not going to say this. So I wonder subconsciously as one of the younger kids, you saw how much pain your other siblings went through when your dad left so many times. And so you were like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to feel that pain. So I'm just going to learn how to just be cool and like go with the flow. Yeah, I guess that that's very fair. I didn't see that too much as a young child. I saw that mostly as a teenager in my twenties, mm-hmm. um, because I had already, you know, been aware. Because my dad didn't come back, so he left right around the time I was in middle school and came back consistently my senior year of high school. Um, so that was, you know, what was that like six years? I didn't see him really consistently, and then after high school, college, like, you know, he had moved to Phoenix, and I had everything was a lot better. But I would see, you know, my siblings would talk to me and be like, oh, I haven't talked to dad in six months. He shows up, he stays for like a week, does all kinds of things around the house. Awesome. Plans dinner. One day goes to the grocery store and just doesn't come back. That's terrible. And um, that's traumatizing. for. Oh, kids. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why when when he when he passed away, like it wasn't it was it, it was it was definitely an emotional day for a lot of us. And, and he would do that to his, his family as well. 
And um, like not just his kids, he would do it to his siblings and stuff like that. And um, so anyway, so the point is, is like, you know, it's so funny because he would try and tell me things, especially in my 20s, especially once I got in my, my long-term relationship with my son's mother, he would tell me like, don't mess up where I messed up. Mm-hmm. So he would, but he was so, but he would tell me all this, but I'm like, bro, like literally in this conversation, since you've done this, you've already had two different girlfriends. Like, like yeah. what the hell? Like, it's almost like, like he just felt like he could never do better. So he wanted you to do better than him, but he wasn't going to try to yeah. be better because he didn't know how. Maybe. And then, you know, you know, and then, uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of turn the mic over to you, but then, and, and I'll dive a little deeper into my mother. So to flip it though, with my mom, that one, that one's completely different. So my mom, for her, like relationships are a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mother, my mother's very, you know, she's old school and her thing is like, you know, like, you know, and my mom, I don't think my mom listens to it, but if she does, she'll get over it. But it's one of those, like her, her thing is like to be like a single woman was like, she almost saw it as like a, a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. you know, not because she herself felt weak, but she felt other men would see her as weak. Yeah. So like, so you know and i don't care like i'll say i'll put this on blast i don't care like with my mom so for example i think i've said this i don't know if i said this on air but one of the reasons i hate surprises is because one day my mom came home from the i'm like oh what'd you do like over the weekend she's like oh i got married and i'm like what and she literally married my she like met my stepfather on like a thursday they went to vegas on like a saturday and got married on like a sunday or something like that Jeez. I mean, I might be exaggerating just a little bit because I don't know. My mom doesn't like to tell me the full story, but I know she didn't know him long. Like yeah. she didn't know him, I think, more than a week. And she married him. And then this guy became my stepfather for 10 years. You know, and he was actually a good man. And he was he was a good man. But same thing. His situation was kind of weird because he spent 70 percent of his time overseas. I don't think I've never really told you this. So mm-hmm. he would come. He would stay over. So he, he lived overseas most of the time. He would come to the States and hang out here for like three, four months and then disappear for like nine months. That's how it was the entire marriage. And yeah, it was it weird. Sounds but like, it sounds like they both got married for an agree- arrangement almost. Oh, my mom's whole thing is like, I would never get respect in the workplace as a divorced woman. You know, that was her reasoning. Uh, Grand, this is 20 something years ago. Yeah. So she wanted to sh- show that she was married and stuff. And, um, you know, and my mom, she just like, you know, it. Th- I think that was her thing is like every, to, to have a relationship as a status symbol. And, and she's gotten better now over the years. Uh, I think she's gotten more modern. But the other thing, too, with my mom is she has very, very defined gender roles. Mm-hmm. And I think that throws her that throws her off for me being like a millennial, like it, it throws her off in regards to like some of the things I do, like like I do housework and I I cook and stuff like that. And she's like, well, why don't you have a you know a girl do that for you? I was like, well, first of all, I was like, it's not how it works anymore, mom. Like there's there's nothing wrong with me doing housework and cookware. Mm-hmm. I was like, and number two, I need I would need a, I would need to find a girl to do this. You <laughs> Seriously. know, Seriously. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't. I was like, what, what am I gonna do, mom? I've been single for a couple of years. Like, you want me to just never clean my house until I find a girlfriend? Seriously. You know. So, you know, and and the thing with my mom is, uh, I will say though, she still is really big on, again, gender roles, like. I'm allowed to go out on dates. I'm allowed to do this, but you know, my siblings may not necessarily be allowed to go do that because you know, they're, they're girls and it's improper. So I don't know. So I think all that kind of, you know, from growing up with all that, I, I do have that weird dynamic where, you know, like there's, 
because it goes back to the old man. Like he always had a way out. There's always a way out and there's always a way out and there's always going to be somebody else to catch him. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, man, like that was so bold, but you know, it, it worked for him. Okay. It worked for him. So after talking about this and things that I've said, whatever, do you think your dad most sounds like mostly your dad has impacted your view on relationships? Do you think he has impacted you for the good or for more of the bad? You know, and when I say the bad, I don't mean like, oh my God, he fucked you up, but I mean yeah. like impacts you negatively in, in your ability to pursue relationships or your obstacles. A little bit of both, because when it comes to the actual relationship, he did instill on in me a lot of good, like, I guess, gentleman habits, as ironic as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like. Well, he must like, have. If he got know. seven wives, he had to have woo them somehow. Yeah, like you were saying with the with the wooing and stuff like that, like, you know, he's really big on, you know, you know, be a gentleman, you know, you know, if you invite someone, a lot of this is just traditional, like Mexican culture anyway, but he's like, if you invite someone, like, you pay and stuff like that, you know, you know, play, pay close attention, you know, don't be, don't be an asshole or something like that. I mean, part of it is I have my own personality, so some of that kind of slides out anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that, that was my, so he, he did teach me, I guess, in a lot of aspects, like about being a gentleman per se. Okay. But then, so, but that's in the physical like aspect of it. But in regards to like, I guess the psychological aspect, it's kind of like, well, if they don't like you, just, just get out, get out, make up whatever you can. Lie, 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 lie. Get out. Like, deny, like deny, 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 Like basically one thing that goes wrong, walk away. I, I would assume so. Like I never asked him why, like he remarried so much i think literally i think a part of it is you know i know that sounds terrible maybe like they didn't feel a need he needed and and i don't say this like physically like maybe you know he needed a place to stay for six months and then once he was able to get on his feet it's like you know what i don't want to live here anymore and it would just dip i i don't know i don't know like i i mean i've seen i saw him living in houses i saw him living in apartments he was always married he always was getting divorced and it was just crazy 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 so you would say that part is negative probably i would say that's the thing where i'm still trying to to break it you know but i mean not to not to not to push back on you too much but the math is there though oh my god yeah the math is there but like if if you want to be perpetually single for sure the math is there it is but like if you do at some point marriage not doesn't matter but if you do want to have a partner like a long-term partner, even if it's for like f- the next five years of your life, because that's how long it lasts. At some point you have to decide to commit to them. Like, cause that's the thing. There's no perfect person. I feel like, I don't know. I, I haven't obviously experienced it enough, but I have ex- seen enough where I feel like maybe we're only ever 70% compatible with someone. Maybe that's the max we could always be as far as like perfection. So, you can meet by your math and numbers you can meet so many 70 percent people but at some point you have to decide okay this person is a good match we have very we have the same values i have fun whatever i could have a future with them and that 30 percent, yeah i'm not going to find it in them but i also the grass isn't that much greener it's still 70 percent over there you know what i mean so yeah the math is there Mm -hmm. but like you gotta fucking decide unless you really just want to be perpetually single which I highly doubt because we're not made to be alone forever. 
um, like like biologically, I, we're not made for that. Um, so you think so? Yeah, I believe that. We're not robots unless you truly have a psychopathic <laughs> like disorder. Like unless you're a little bit of a sociopath, like genuinely psychologically diagnosed as a sociopath who has no feelings. Yes, you are you are conditioned, you are emotionally and all that shit conditioned to be with someone. You have feelings, you 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 care. So yeah. Your math is there, Ramon, but you're never gonna get a hundred percent. Look at that. Look at that. She did pretty well. I feel like I should, I have glasses over there that I'm staring at. I feel like every time I have these like psychology moments, I should put them on. <laughs> it's like, and, then, and then, all right, now we're now it's regular Christine. Now it's goofy as fuck, Christine. <laughs> goofy ass. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, for some reason, little side note. For some reason, Christine thinks it's hilarious that I use the term goofy for people. <laughs> It started it started my birthday weekend when he came down and my cousin and my other friend were here and he goes like his drunk self is like, yeah, and I love your goofy ass cousin or goofy ass Vanessa, whatever. And I tell her that and she starts cracking up. She's like, goofy ass. I'm not goofy. And then it just became this whole big thing. Like everything is goofy. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my gosh. But yeah. So, so I'm gonna flip the mic on you. Okay. And it's your turn. I mean, what do you? How do you think it's affecting it? What do you see? So okay. So first thing that comes to mind is um, arguing, right? Like I kind of already said, like I'm more of a. Um, it's not even. Yeah, I guess it's it's more of an avo- avoider, which is funny because you know me, I'm not. Like, in every other area of my life, like, I don't avoid confrontation. Like, I'm not afraid of confrontation, right? And it's not so much afraid of confrontation in a relationship. I think it's more of a... It's on two things. Two things. Um, A fear of being shut down. uh, Because in my household... I hate talking poorly about my parents. And it's not a poor thing. I think it's just... And it's not even something they would have even realized. But it's like, as kids... When we had a feeling, right, it was almost like, like the response would be like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way. That's not what I meant. Which, okay, sure, that intentionally, that isn't what they meant, right? So understanding like that was never the way something came off or whatever. That was never the intention of it. But when as a kid, when you're constantly being told like you shouldn't feel that way, you're basically telling someone they're not entitled to their feelings. So... In arguments, I think I've, like, as a safety, learned how to just kind of, or or not learn, just avoided certain things because I just didn't want my, I just didn't want to be told I'm not allowed to feel certain ways um, because it hurts. It just hurts when, like, someone kind of does that. It's, a, it's almost a form of gaslighting, actually, whether it's intentional or not, mm-hmm. it's gaslighting, and it makes you, as the person who has an emotion, feel like you're fucking crazy. So there's that. But then also... I actually realized this about myself from the recent uh, situation that I was in with that guy. Um, My mom and my sister are very similar in that they have very emotional personalities. They're very reactionary. 
I'm much like my dad where I'm much like I things just kind of like roll off of us more. Um, our temperament is very level. Like it takes a lot for us to actually get angry and yell. Like I've actually only had two fights with my dad and, and then none with my mom that I can think of in my entire life, like two arguments in my entire life where like we both finally raised our kind of raised our voices at each other. And I'm 35. Like, and it's not because I respect my dad. I do respect my dad. It's just like we just don't we don't have that type of personality where we go from zero to 100. My mom and my sister, they do. They can easily go from zero to 100. So when I see that in my parents, when my mom goes zero to 100 often, and sometimes it seems like for no reason, and then my dad is like level-headed, you kind of like on the outside, not knowing like really what's going on, you kind of look at one person as like, well, they're being crazy. And the other person is like, they're calm, cool and collected, right? So, and that person is always taking the crazy. So me being a person that always takes the crazy, I think I've just kind of had this mindset that I was raised to take hard personalities or difficult personalities. So without going into much detail of like the last relationship you Ramon you know that was a difficult personality that I was involved with and I was making a lot of I was kind of just like allowing him to have a tantrum right whereas like his tantrums weren't actually justified maybe his feeling was justified but his tantrum his outburst wasn't justified and I would just take it but in kind of looking at my pattern with men like that, taking it, taking it, taking it is kind of a form of abuse, you know, like it wears on a person. So anyway, I kind of learned that about myself recently that like I just kind of thought that I was supposed to take difficult personalities because I just know how to when really when I look at my family, my parents, my sister and my mom, they, yeah, they have reactionary personalities, but they've actually never taken it out on me. You know, like, it's, so it's just more of something I saw, at least as a kid, what I translated. So I would say I learned that. I have a question for you. Yeah. Because um, I actually forgot to bring this up about my own parents, but first I want to ask you. So when you were saying how, you know, they would say, like, I didn't mean it that way. You weren't supposed to feel that way. Would that come from both parents or just one over the other? And you don't have to specify which parent. Um, I would say mostly that was a response from my dad with my mom, kind of the same, but she'll just avoid it. So if like, I want to like say, Hey, this is what happened. That hurts my feelings. She would be like, it's fine. We're done. It's fine. You know, we're good. And I'm just like, we, we didn't even talk about it, but it was like, she just didn't even want to discuss it. So in both ways, my feelings were, you know, dismissed. So this is a, another thing I forgot to say about me. And this is and once I say this, you'll part for you this will make sense as my friend. And I joke that it's the Libra and shit like that. But one of my oh, I fuck it, I'll say it. So my mom is really big on like it doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter how nasty I am, it doesn't matter how deep this wound is, you have to forgive me because we're family. I feel like that's like an old school generational thing, like a baby boomer thing. Yeah, and then but then my dad is literally like, you told me the sky was sky blue when it's blue. Fuck you. I'm never speaking to you ever again. <laughs> so imagine when you have two parents like and then so especially when they divorced, 
you know, my my dad would be like, my dad would literally be like, I literally have no fear about never speaking to this person ever, ever again. Meanwhile, my mom, she'll talk shit to your face or talk shit about you. And then later that night, be like, okay, you want to go eat? Like, you were just talking shit about me. She's like, yeah, but who cares? So <laughs> that's, and imagine, so now do you see what I mean? How some days I, I care about other things and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Because yeah. my dad was like, who cares? Fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah. I feel like, I wonder if that's just like a baby boomer thing. Uh, I don't know if it's a Latino thing. I could say that, but we're both Latino, so I don't know. Um, just because I feel like what I see in my parents and how they handled with their, their stuff, with their family, it's almost like, well, we're family. You just have to forgive each other. Or I'm your parent. And they, they never verbally said this, but it's I'm your parent, so I'm automatically given respect or I'm automatically given love and forgiveness. Where it's just like, I think the gen- our generation now because therapy isn't such a dirty word and self-help is a real thing and healing and trauma and all that stuff is a real thing that we're not ashamed of. Now we're like, no, fuck you. I'm a person. Like you earn my respect. You get my respect. You earn my forgiveness. Like it doesn't matter if you're my parent. Like, thank you for bringing me into this world, but I, it wasn't my decision type thing. So yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a generational thing. I had, uh, and I, I won't go too deep on this one, but I knew another parent, uh, wasn't my parents that, um, she's, you know, she's older than me. So, you know, uh, she was the parent of one of my peers. Um, but she would say, I didn't care if they liked me or respect me, but one thing for sure is they did fear me. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you know, All right, and, and it's like, and and their thing was like fear eventually will turn into respect because if you if you do things the right way you don't have to fear me then you'll learn to respect why it was so hard you know and um definitely not how that works but yeah it was it was crazy i mean in that in that parent's defense they had multiple children by the time they were like 20 like four so it's like you had to you had to grow up but still i was like it, it goes back to you know when parents they don't, you know, they don't realize like their kids, their kids are people and they have their own personalities. Yeah. Yes, they may have a lot of qualities from you, you know, but they're still going to have ultimately their own, their own perception of things. You and your sister are perfect examples. Um, you always say how you two are, are, you know, you guys are very close, but you're very different people, you know. And, um, and I've said this, I have cousins that literally, you know, they grew up in the same exact house as their sibling, but they perceived life two different ways. And even like now... They grew up in the same exact house. They have they're on two different ends of like the political spectrum, for example. Yeah. And nothing was different between one or the other. It's just the way they perceived it. And I think yeah. that's the thing with parents is that you have to understand like all four like all all it doesn't matter if you have five kids, it doesn't matter if you have one kid, like they're they're always gonna eventually be their own person. Yeah. For better well, or worse. I, I just really think it's just a big generational thing because the only excuse a parent has is that like you say, there's no handbook. And if the parent isn't crazy, like legitimately, it doesn't have issues. Like they're not an addict. Like they don't have serious issues that's preventing them from being a functioning and stable human being. They're doing the best they can with the tools that they have with what they know. Right. Like that's, that's really what it comes down to. And I think we all kind of know that. However, like I was just saying in the world we live in now, 
therapy is not shameful. Self-help is not shameful. Healing and working on yourself and figuring out how to be a better person, that's very welcomed in today's society. So moving on, I don't feel like parents have an excuse to be an asshole to their children. You, You just don't. Because there are so many ways to learn how to learn about yourself and then learn how to interact with other people and learn when your shit is being brought up and you don't take it out on your kids. That's just doesn't mean you'll be perfect. I'm just saying there's so many ways to help you be a better person, a better sibling, a better spouse, a better friend, a better parent. Like there's you don't have to do it on your own. So we don't have excuses today as parents to be like, well, this is all I knew. Do you think it's um it's a children's right to forgive their parents? A hundred percent. It's on the kid. I mean, I I'm not a I'm not a parent, but I and I cannot imagine raising a child. I can't imagine raising a child, me being the person I am, and then they grow up to not like me to the point where they don't want to forgive me. I just personally cannot imagine that. But I also don't feel like, yeah, there are going to be things and I'm probably going to impact my kid in a negative way, but I just can't imagine it's going to be so big because I'm not a fucked up person. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very confident in saying I'm not a fucked up person. It, people that are running through my head as examples, they are fucked up people. <laughs> they are. And they're knowingly fucked up. Right. So, okay. It's not your fault. Like I'm thinking about it. It's like it's not their fault they're fucked up. It's not their fault because the, the reasons that made them fucked up is it, literally it's not things they asked for. It's things that happened to them probably when they were younger. Like it's not their fault. But let's just say, for example, you're a physically abusive parent because that was what you were raised in. That was what you thought was right. You saw nothing wrong with it, whatever, whatever, whatever. If your child grows up to not want to forgive you because of the trauma you put them in being physically abusive while you didn't realize you were traumatizing them, that's their right. Like, you may not realize you're traumatizing your kid, but if you're a fucked up person, how do you not understand that your fucked upness traumatized your kid? And that in turn can affect your kid's relationships with other people. Yeah. I mean, it's all which ties all into a neat bowl. What we're talking about right now, obviously the intention, right? Like there's always a person's intention. They may not have known they were doing something that could be traumatizing, like totally understandable. But if a child doesn't want to forgive them, I mean, that's their right. They don't have to just because you're their parent. There, it's, it's much more complicated than that. Like, you're, you, you don't just grow up as a kid and, like, I'm never talking to my, kid, my parents again. Like, I'm never... Like, you've probably tried to talk to them. You've probably tried to resolve things. You've probably tried... I'm, I'm imagining. That's what I would imagine. That's a, a kid has probably tried to have an adult relationship to try to change things around and things didn't work out that way and they're just like, I, I can't forgive you. I'm not, mo- I'm not moving forward. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in that scenario. It's really easy for me to say that. Because I I don't have that experience, but just being on the outside, I would say, yeah, it's the kids, the kids' right to not forgive their parents. Do you think people with, you know, I don't want to say use the word traumatic, but uh, do you think people with like that traumatic childhood, do you they get attracted to each other? <coughs> oh, yeah. It's called trauma bonding. 
Oh, is that an actual thing? Because I didn't know. Yeah, it's an actual thing. It's like, like, for example, I can say for a fact that in the last person I was with, that was built off of trauma bonding. I'm not an expert on trauma bonding. It's something I'm still learning about, but it's essentially like two people bonding off of their trauma. Like you're, you're bonding off of the trauma, but you're growing attraction towards the trauma. It's almost like a... That actually sounds like it. That sounds like if it's if it's done right, that it could potentially be good then. No, no. Trauma bonding is unhealthy. Okay. What about um, kind of, you know, turning it around a little bit. What are some good things that you think that not just you are? Well, I guess we'll yeah, because why would we know about other parents? What would you say are good things that you took from your parents that affect your love life today? So. I will say the one of the th- one of the even though I feel like my parents struggle with communication, they may disagree on this. But like looking on the outside, I would say <laughs> that they're not the best communicators. But the one thing they made me and my sister do all the time whenever we fought was to hug it out, to talk about it, because they were like, that's all you, you are all each other has. Right. So my parents forced my sister and I to communicate now. I'm not saying we knew how to do it. We really didn't. I would say in the last couple years, her because we both go to therapy now, we know how to better communicate more effectively in all our relationships. But the bottom line is our parents instilled communication in us, even though they didn't have the tools to teach us how to do it. So we kind of grew up with that mentality of you need to communicate. Another positive thing is because... I would say it's a positive thing, but it's also a difficult thing to find in today's world because my I, I, I've talked about this in one of our fewer episodes where we really opened up. You know, my mom was disabled from the surgery. Prior to that, they were going to get divorced. The surgery happened. The accident happened. They stuck. They, they stayed together. Um, and I and I will say that yeah, my parents nitpick at each other and they have their stupid arguments and things that literally every day I'm like, oh my God, I roll my eyes. But I can say that they genuinely are partners and they they like each other. They love each other. But like, you know, and when I say like each other, I'm not trying to say they don't love each other, but you know how there's parents where you're just kind of like, do they even like each other? Like they are, they're, they're probably friends as well. Yeah, I can tell that they they definitely have a friendship. They laugh together. They enjoy each other's company. They get on each other's nerves and they bicker. But I can tell that that's there. Um, I see that in my sister and my brother-in-law as well. Uh, I don't see the bickering, but I see the friendship. So I will say that they have showed me the friendship in relationships and sticking things through when they get really, really hard. Um, because I actually, as like a 13 year old, this is fucking traumatizing. So it was probably, I was probably 14, 15. No, it was 16. It was our first vacation after everything happened with my mom. My mom's aunt came on vacation with us and me and my sister were in the room and literally out of nowhere, she says to me and my sister, you're, you should be grateful for your dad. Any other man would have left your mom and then just walks out the room. And I was just like, like it was so cold now, granted, she had a really she was kind of cold like be, this is her. That was coming from trauma for her. It wasn't coming from of he's a good man type of thing. Um, but in today's society, a lot of people do leave when it gets hard. So maybe not right away, but my you know, I, I saw that in my family. And my parents, and at what, least. 
it ties into yeah with our love episode is like we don't know which love it is like is it the one where you fight day in day out or is it the one where it's like enough is enough yeah um i would say like the the big thing that i took from my parents is uh to keep it simple i guess is really to laugh with your partner i will say this like they could they could definitely enjoy each other's company so my father obviously my parents were divorced for 20 years but like and I don't care. I don't care if his wife listens. You know, she can she can go to hell. My my dad died loving my mom, and um, and uh, and yeah, you know, like just even towards the end of because they they became I guess friends in a weird way. It was funny though because my dad would like try and like hit on my mom, and she's like chill chill, and he's like come here, just come here, just come sit next to me, chill. Go fuck yourself, you know. <laughs> and uh, but it was funny to see this, you know, because they had known each other like their whole lives, so. Like, I mean, long story short, my, my parents met each other before he even met his first wife, but it just didn't work out at the time. So, um, you know, and even my siblings, so my three older siblings, they're my half siblings. And uh, not that that makes a difference. They're still my full siblings. But my older sister, she had said, like, when, when my father had passed, she's like, she had said, he left our mom to go be with the love of his life, which was my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyways, the point is, is, I will say, like, they would laugh together. Um they were bigger, but I think just the fact that they could laugh about it is something I definitely did pick up. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think my mom rolled her eyes a lot with my dad, especially post divorce. Cause my dad was like, you sure you don't want to take me back? Like, I'll leave this one right now. Oh my God. I'll leave it right now. And she's like, shut the fuck up, you know? But it's like, I think that's one thing is, you know, is that's some shit you would say. That, yeah. Yeah. I'm la- that's why I'm laughing right now. Cause I just picture, yeah, you know, and it's just, you, laugh with your partner i guess that's yeah. i guess that's the biggest thing like to to end this on a, on a good good note that that's the biggest takeaway i have from my parents uh yeah. in the positive way is just, if, if you can't laugh with your partner they ain't your partner baby they yeah. just they just another body yeah, you gotta math- laugh mathematically you can find another one exactly <laughs> <laughs> the numbers are there the numbers are there numbers are there so remember if you guys are listening if you toned out 90% of this, but you hear the end, if you cannot, if you listen to this with your partner and you look at them and you think, when was the last time I laughed with you? And if you can't remember, that is not a good relationship. You need to get the fuck out. Yep. Bounce. Because you're just, yeah, just bounce out of there. Bounce like some boobies. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this therapy session. Um. (laughs) Hope you guys have a good one. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Show us some love and subscribe, rate, and review. We can be found on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.